I come from a background where um, I we believed before I we believed that uh, the world is uh, not watching television, uh, not going to movies, uh, not wearing makeup, not wearing jewelry, not cutting your hair, not dyeing your hair. Uh, and women have to wear skirts and men have to wear pants and men can't wear shorts and, you know, stuff like that. So how, uh, and I work with a lot of people right now that, um, that believe that way. So, um, I know I'm not going to be going up and tying everybody these things, but like when I'm working with them, when I'm working with them, when they, when they want help, how can I explain to them what that really means, how we're separated and we're not of the world and we're not, and we, we need to, um, don't let the, don't be conformed to the world, but let God transform you by the renewing of your mind. How would I explain that? Um, well, what, what I'm thinking of, and I'm not sure that this is going to complete it, but it, it's important to me that, <sighs> I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned uh, that we have so many do's and don'ts as Christians, like you you listed, Jessica. You know that do this or don't do that. We have we have so many things, and um, and sometimes it feels kind of pharisaical. It feels like uh, even as Christians, we have come up with all these things uh, that we have to do and. And I'm not sure that we can necessarily um, say that they're scriptural, you know, that, that even our attitude is scriptural. So, for instance, my church has a, a certain style of, of witnessing, or of, uh, of worship, rather. And is that the right way or the wrong way or the, just one of many ways? And so there are lots of things that people can believe and and believe are necessary for their faith that may or may not be as necessary as what God says to us to love him. Now I'm here, Mike. I'm gonna see him smile now. Love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor and love ourselves. Okay, now when so loving your neighbor when they think differently from you doesn't mean you have to correct them necessarily because you're not God. You're, you're, uh, you're a representative and you're trying to um, represent God. Well, of course, but, but you have to do that. I think from my perspective, you have to have the, the understanding that you are not God. And it's very likely that your thoughts are not his thoughts entirely. And so, uh, you know, the dilemma is we want to speak confidently, and that's what our culture tells us. If we speak confidently, then, okay, we must know what we're talking about. But I think as believers, we need to, uh, we want to be more um open-minded to the process that everybody has to go through. Um, we're all learning things at different times, different ways. 
And, and for me, that's what the body of Christ, the value of being in the body of Christ is about, is that here we are in a, in a meeting. I'm only now seeing your face, meeting you as a person with some kind of visual thing, and that adds that adds meaning to, um, you know, that adds meaning to, to our our conversation, you know, in future. And, uh, okay. Now I've got everything up. up. There we go. I'm sorry. When those things pop up, I'm not so used to it. <laughs> um, uh, so, so Jessica, I think, you know, there's, there's a need for humility. You know, you're not, when you're working with people, you have to take them where they are. Right. Yeah. And and you're not going to fix everything at once, you know. You're not going to address everything at once. And when, and um, the fact of the matter is that being able to speak well into somebody else's life really requires, really requires the spirit's guidance to be really good at it. And you know, if we have, and and yet, and yet. You are important, too, because you are the one in front of them, and you are the one who knows them better than I know them. And so you know how their brain might work. And so how you how you receive what they say matters to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in giving you an ans answers or giving you insight into what to say, per perhaps. Mm -hmm. Now, I've, I've talked a long time. Did I make sense, Jessica? Yes, you did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because mine, mine was a big, mine was a long process. And it's still, it's still, I'm still going through it. Um, well, let me, and I, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, I was just going to say oh, we're all in a long process. Yeah. Well, coming out from that cult that I was in. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think that if I would have jumped ahead, if someone would have came along and jumped ahead and tried to tell me. Well, actually, there were some people that told me, you know, that uh, I don't that's not in the Bible. But, you know, uh, you know, or um, no, that's not right. Or um, I I rejected everything. And my mom was even telling me too the other day. She said that because um, they don't, uh, we didn't believe in the Trinity. So um, <laughs> my mom said that a man, uh, someone that she used to go to church with, that was in the same church as we went to, um, came up to her and then was trying to tell her, you know, it's it's the same thing. It's not because we're taught that it's different. The Trinity is different. So um, we were taught that. So. Um, when he tried to come up and tell her, she said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. That's not true. You know, and I think that that's, that, that, that was me. If someone would have kind of jumped the gun in the process, as I started to go through the, the process of, you know, yeah. breaking mm -hmm. off all that stuff. But, but yeah, well, yeah. I, I agree. The Trinity, the idea of the Trinity is a hard, is a hard thing to think about and, sense and that's not not the easiest place to start testing your faith and growing it yeah 
I think um, I think you don't stand a chance trying to argue there with them to change their mind. Right. Yeah. I think you um, you have to. They need you want them to have a relationship with God, and when they hear from God directly, it's much more powerful than anything we say. So, right. I think one of the great weaknesses in all of these different churches is they focus on knowledge, but not on relationship with God. Amen. So, um, Amen. God wants a relationship with your mom. Yeah. And that's like to, to talk with him, just talk with him throughout your day. And, um, the focus on the relationship, not on the information or the knowledge, because mm -hmm. as that relationship develops and she has, she'll trust him. And so um, I think that makes it uh, a lot easier. So yeah. um, instead of a list, you know, don't dance, don't dye your hair, don't drink. Um, hey, this is on information, but if you have a relationship with God, I think your focus shifts. It's it fo your focus shifts, and I think that. Uh, so, and in that process, she'll start to trust God with her life rather than just uh, for salvation. I assume that she's already trusted Him for salvation, and um, yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um... Yeah, that's that was my biggest that's that's what was the biggest um thing that I got out of the most important thing that I got out of PR was um that I didn't have a relationship with God and I thought that I did and it wasn't until yeah. I went through the process I was like, "Oh, I don't even Yeah. I really don't even know him." Yeah. And um you know so, of him. you just don't know yeah, him. <laughs> exactly. I knew of him, I didn't know him and then as I went through it things started breaking off was because of the relationship that, you know, when I started getting closer and closer and I started realizing <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Now that I'm getting to know him, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not what God would do. God wouldn't, you know, cause it's, it's more than just the, the don'ts. There's a lot more into that oh, yeah. um, faith, into that faith that, um, that I yeah. believe that was just lies. So, yeah. So, like, uh, why did God create you? Why did God create me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like according to the way I believed or now? Uh, now. Um, I, I felt like God wanted a family. Yes, yeah. He wanted you and his family, family, right? He wanted yeah. you and his yeah. family. And, and right. So, how about before? What did you believe? Um, I really didn't understand why he created me. Okay. I didn't get it. So I, I think this is a great question is why did he create you? Now people oftentimes say, Well, he created me because he wants me to worship him. But see, that's not oh really, yeah. That's not really true because his that's first interaction was in the garden with Adam and Eve. And he just simply walked with them in the garden. He had a relationship with them. There's no mention of the word worship whatsoever in all those first passages of Genesis. And so his first priority is to have a relationship with us. And uh, I, I, people don't know this. They really don't. They mm -hmm. no. they're all Yeah. So I, I 
personally, I think that that's the big weakness in all the different and many churches, and also um, kind of forms the how do I say? It creates this opportunity for all these lies to take hold because without a relationship with God, you just don't stand a chance, really. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my thought. Yeah, and I, you know, it's it's you talked about traditions and and people saying, well, this is how you you're supposed to do church, or this is how you're supposed to look as a Christian. And you know, when you when you back up a ways and you look at the, the reality that God has people in nearly every culture and continent and uh, every type of every type of person is in the fold is a brother or sister somewhere. To me, the, the message of that is, oh, God likes diversity. God likes likes things. He wants everybody to be in love with him. And so. um I'm, I struggle I struggle personally when when a church or um, you know there are discussions that all of us have our favorite ways of doing things and every church has a favorite way of doing this or that and so it's it's good that we find a place of comfort, but it's good when we don't allow that comfort to uh, numb us to the idea that we need to keep growing and that uh, he, God wants us, he wants our heart to change, he wants our soul to change, and that's, we've given our soul to, to Christ, that's good. He wants our mind to change. He wants our body to change. We, he wants us to do things that are good for us, ourselves, physically, and eat well. And, you know, I mean, there are a lot of ways to worship God that are not biblical, not Bible reading things, not, you know, not necessarily spiritual. But in a sense, they are. I think about God made us as whole people. And so... You know, he made our body, he made our mind, he made our spirit, he made our emotions. And uh, so, you know, he's invested in the, all of our being. He's He cares about all of it. And so, boy, I tell you, you know, it, anytime you're working with somebody or anytime you're reflecting on your own life, you, you probably, you probably go, well, what, what's, why am I why am I struggling with this? Why am I why am I you know always hammering, hitting my head against the wall on this stuff, you know, and and sometimes you just have to look a little deeper or broadly, I guess, to find out where your faith might be more shallow than you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Jessica, you said your mom didn't want to pray. Do you know why? Um, because she she felt like he wasn't listening. That he, because she's been praying um for my sister for years. She's um she's on the streets right now. She got she went back to alcohol. She was clean from alcohol for a for a few years, and then she went back, 
And then she dabbled in methamphetamines and then started mm -hmm. getting involved in witchcraft. And then she went crazy. Mm -hmm. And then she's been on the streets for like eight years already. Okay. And she's been praying for her and she she hasn't came back yet. So she feels like because um, the, the church teaches about really big about consequences and judgments and stuff. So uh -huh. she feels that that's her judgment. Hmm for whatever she did and then uh and god's not answering her prayers yeah yeah so really she, she has a trust issue with god she prayed yes. and didn't answer, right man yeah yeah so I, but i think all those other things are just kind of a distraction that's really the relationship that needs to be restored and yeah this relationship with god yeah yeah uh, I think yeah. that's true for a lot of people, though, is that they actually, it's kind of a clever way to avoid the deeper things, the more important things, the relationship with God. They focus on all these do's or all these don'ts. They don't focus on do's. They focus on don'ts. Yeah. And it's it's really a distraction, though. They, But, but you can become so obsessed and focused on those things. Um. Yeah, your your sister's suffering a consequence of her choices. That's true, and your mom has been praying, and and she's still in that mess. Uh, but what is she wanting God? You see, what's your mom wanting God to do? Yeah, to yeah. do what about it? What more can God do? Nope. I mean, this this is the problem for how we pray. We're to pray for one another, okay. Mm -hmm. But we have to we have to pray for the right things. Of course, mm -hmm. God desires with all of His heart to save this your your sister out of her misery. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, that's what He wants. Yeah, and He's done everything in His power to give her opportunity and give her the power to give her the. The means, yep, out of it, yeah. But he's also chosen not to take charge of our wills. <laughs> exactly. As and much as we would like somebody for God to take over somebody else's will, right. <laughs> but not ours. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we have to. We have to pray. Prayers that are answerable, and True. to pray to pray that that God would save somebody or save them out of their problem. Um, I don't think is a prayer that God can answer. Now to pray that God would continue to be patient and to have mercy, to pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to work on this person. To pray that uh, God would bring people with light into their lives, or even to the point that I did, and then I wondered if I had done right, and I'm still not sure. But my prayer for my brother was, God, um, I just ask that you would do whatever it will take, uh -huh. whatever it will take to bring him back to you. Yeah. 
no, I think that he broke his almost broke his back and that was the beginning of his addiction to barbiturates and painkillers and lived a terrible life from terrible life he was an awful person when he was and uh, eventually you know years and years and years and lots of damage later he did come back to the lord in the year before he passed away oh praise god and mm -hmm. but i all i could say to over him as he as he was going into heaven i knew that's where he was going but I said, now you will never hurt again, nor will you ever, ever, ever hurt anybody else again. Isn't that an awful thing to have to say? Mm. But that's that's the way I felt. There's many things that we can pray that God can answer. But that yes. God change a person without that person wanting to be changed can't happen. Yeah. There's a kind of conceit that I have discovered in myself that, and coming through the tumor right now, uh, I've never prayed, oh, God, obliterate the, the tumor um, or, you know, take me home to heaven or, you know, or give me endurance for it because I've never prayed for an outcome, but I've prayed for prayed for the ability to be a good witness through it all. And uh, whether I do get that right or not, like I, I in, um, in, insist that I probably am not going to get it right all the time, but it's going to be me. It's going to be me and it's going to be a reflection of who I am and and I'm I'm going to put my spin on my faith, uh, and I can't do that for Connie, and I can't do that for Jessica, and I can't do that for Mike. I cannot, I cannot live in your skin. Right. And so, God has somehow honored our differences, our uniquenesses. And and has honored that, and and so I I am dismayed when when people in have inordinate uh, contempt for who they are and where they're at, because God loves them where they are. He may not like them where they are, but He loves them. He may wish they would be coming closer to him and transforming themselves, as you mentioned in Romans 12, 1, Jessica. And so, uh, but but we can't do it for them. They they have to do it for themselves. And, and the light that you bring to the people around you, your mother, et cetera, uh, is... As true as you are to your to the spirits leading of you, you know, in my sense of it, that's how that's how another person who knows you goes. Oh, Jessica, Jessica handled that way different than I would. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Why did she do that? Mm -hmm. 
what's going on with her. How and that, she... that's the odor that I think that a Christian gives off. I would agree with that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All those answers from that one question. <laughs> <laughs> but very useful, I think, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I was I missed a whole lot of the discussion here, but uh, I was trying to think of where where in the context of what did I make the statement you said I made. And mm -hmm. I think it was in the context of contrasting the kingdom of darkness into which we are born into that mm. kingdom and it has its own rules it has its own culture mm. it has its own mores it has its own values yeah it's just then when we're born again we're born into the kingdom of god or the kingdom of righteousness or the kingdom of light mm. whatever you want to call it which has its own set of rules and mm. culture and values, etc., yeah. etc. Et yes. So coming in, we're going to have this clash of trying to live within two cultures. And it tells us then, uh, when, when you stop to think about the epistles, at least, all of the epistles were written to believers. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, they were not written to the unsaved. Mm -hmm. And so all the things that it tells us that we as believers, we as children of the mighty God, need to put off and put on and to be in a position so our mind is transformed, etc., etc., etc. Is all of that of trying to learn how to live <laughs> victoriously in this new kingdom under new value system and under a new set of, of behaviors and a new cultural type setting. And yeah. <laughs> uh, we're a moving target. Absolutely. And at every step, every step in which we try to take towards the expansion of the kingdom, whether yes. it's expansion of the kingdom in our own life or in the lives of someone else, if we are on that track, we will be attacked. Yes. Yeah. True. Okay. If we're not doing anything, but just being, then Satan doesn't have to worry about us. So he kind of leaves us alone. We actually had one woman that quit PR because she did not want to be attacked by Satan. Mm -hmm. Sad, sad, sad. I had one safe helper who was going to quit because she was under attack. So I don't want to be attacked. Yep. Uh, I didn't actually handle that very well. I talked about Paul and all the things he went through and all the times he's shipwrecked and left for dead and all that. And she looked at me and said, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> that was her answer. 
And I thought, oh, that that was not such a wise approach. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, but then I reminded her that, um, you know, what are you so scared about? You have the Holy Spirit with you. <laughs> Yeah. and so, yeah, it's 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 hard and you have to struggle and and you are being transformed and it is. Um, it's work. It's not uh, always easy. But all of those commands are an active command. They're written in the command form. Greek imperative verbs. Yeah. Just as the Ten Commandments are. That same kind of thing. It is a command to put off. But... If you read a little further in all everything that we are told to do or to be, you will find a verse somewhere that says that God is the source of that very thing or that he is the one that accomplishes it in your life. Yeah. And very first time in the Old Testament where it says, be ye holy, even as I, the uh, Lord... Yeah. Your Lord God am holy. A few chapters later, it says just so clearly, and I, the Lord their God, will make my people holy. Wow. Mm. You mean it's not just up to me? <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> Mike, for Mike, me, I've been working oh. on this with you for a long time, and you're still not having trouble with it. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's the the verse that's twisted in the and that's the main verse, one of the main verses that's twisted in that old faith that I was in was be holy for I am holy. So they're striving to be holy. Yeah. Well, you know, so it's there's a kind of both and, you know, God wants us to invest in knowing him better. And we and it and it doesn't just come with a little holy water sprinkled on our head. It comes with some hard work. And it, it comes with some hard introspection and looking at the junk in our life and saying, well, that doesn't match up with what God wants for me. And coming to that conclusion. I mean, until you do, you think you're cruising on cruise control. You're doing I'm doing fine. You know, I, I don't I don't have the problems that so and so has. I must be doing it right because because the value that's being upheld is that there's no misery in my life. Right. There's no difficulty in my life. And the and the believer, I think, needs to embrace the idea, as Connie said, that there there will be misery, there will be difficulty, there will be struggle, and that that's part of putting off the old self. So maybe the spirit is bringing up these things and making you uncomfortable or allowing you to be uncomfortable in certain ways because he's pointing out, putting his finger on the sore spot and and saying, okay, here I'm pressed. Is this, does it hurt here? Does it hurt here? And oh, Okay, oh, maybe I should work on that area. Well, and you should ask the question, is is Satan, 
you know, Satan doesn't want you to work on those areas, but he likes to make give you pain. But sometimes God makes us uncomfortable, don't you think, guys? Oh, because yeah. he yeah. because he wants us to face our lack of sanctification in that area, perhaps. Mm -hmm. That's why the Nazarenes always just thought that PR was God's answer because they held this um, that you can be completely sanctified in this life. And they saw that PR was a tool for sanctification. Mm. Right. Yeah. I always I thought that was really interesting. But they, they actually said that. Do you agree with them? Sure. Anything that helps us put on and put off. Mm -hmm. It helps us with sanctification. Even troubles. Even troubles. Walking even the valley. Even the valley of shadow of death. Even the valley of the shadow of death. Even green grass. Yeah. So, like your sister, I think the key question with for her is: Does she want God's help? See, that's the real problem. Is she's trying to fix everything herself and trying to pull herself up by her bootstraps and. And, and then your mom has the view that, well, it's not about her, it's about God. God should do everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet, so she ignores the fact that God doesn't violate our will. And then even though we have a will, it's a whole lot easier when we actually partner with God yeah. than try to just do it on our own. And so um, yeah. if she develops her relationship, your mom or your sister develop a relationship with God, it gets a whole lot easier. Oh, yeah. Uh, just having a rule of don't, 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 don't doesn't really help. It just uh, none of those things, none of the things that they are listing that you do or don't do, particularly the don'ts, are not going to get you into heaven, nor are they going to keep you out of heaven. Yeah, they have nothing to do with salvation. Nothing to do with salvation. Yeah, and as far as. Trusting God with your life it implies relationship. That's what it has to start. It has to start there. It can't start with just a list. Um, well, it's I, not external. Yeah, it's internal. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose God is uh, just like a you know manager in a factory. We got our marching orders. We don't need anything else, <laughs> except for the fact that's not that's not His plan. That's a that's a factory. That's not a not God. And as has often been stated in PR, that God never intended to live our lives for us. What he doesn't he doesn't plan I, out everything we're supposed well, to do today. And nor nor did see I I'm a I'm a heretic from way, way uh, back. I, I know that. <laughs> uh, I managed to get rid of most of the ticks in my hair, but I, I still. <laughs> but um, he also never intended for us to live our uh, our lives on our own. Right. right. Yeah. He has intended from the beginning. From our very, very, very beginnings of our creation, mm -hmm. he has in, his intention and his purpose was that we live this life 
walking in partnership with him. Mm -hmm. And when you think about even this group of us, four, maybe five, if Carmen is listening, <laughs> um, this is a unique collection of believers. And God has a unique interest in our conversation. Mm -hmm. And to the extent to which each of us is committed to thinking God's thoughts, speaking God's thoughts, uh, representing him well, you know, then that makes this meeting even more useful to yes. us. Despite age differences, geography differences, uh, ethnic differences, whatever, gender differences. Believers. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, and so uh, this is a unique time that can or cannot be useful to God, depending in part on how humble we are yeah. before the Lord. So can I um, switch topics? Yes. No. I have a question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so recently I did uh, a personal history uh, with, with a woman and um, it was the most detailed personal history I've ever heard. It was just, it was one hour long. And, and yet the thing that I was left struck by was she tells me all these things and there's no emotion. Because mm -hmm. see, I'm always careful not to go too deep because this emotion comes out, right? But in her case, it was more detailed than I needed, but she was kind of like a fire hose, a fire hose that was open. So, and there was no pain happening. So I, I just wrote it all down. Um, but then afterwards, I was thinking, okay, so yeah, normally we start with sexual sin. That's where we start. Um, but I'm thinking, but she has no emotion. Mm -hmm. So I have this thought of, um, well, maybe we should start there is when did this emotion? Actually, I, I remember this part now. I asked her, I said, so you told me all of that. It's the most detailed um, history I've ever taken in. And yet there was no emotion. She said, oh, I disassociated from that long ago. Yeah. Uh, she's aware. So she's aware of yep. that she doesn't have emotion. But I'm thinking, okay, so I'm going to start into her list starting with sexual sin and praying through that and mm -hmm. there's no emotion so i'm i just have this uh bone stuck in my cross you know maybe i should start with the emotion thing first so anyway my i guess that's my question is um have you faced this and what did you do well i've faced it several times we, Richard, not. Mm -hmm. And I faced it alone. But basically, um, there, there's two things, <clears throat> two things going on. I remember a gal uh, that uh, we met in 
in the Netherlands. She came to us in the States on her way home to Australia. Okay. And I remember that one of the big, big, big issues in her life was uh, just utter anger at her father for neglect in virtually every way. Mm. Uh, it was also very interesting that she was beginning to be more and more physically stooped over with pain in her back. Oh, yeah. Physical therapist here can agree with that. Okay. <laughs> Man and, manifestation. Uh-huh. And, uh, but there was, at, in, in doing all of this with her father and with most of everything else, but the particular thing that was troubling her was this thing with her father. And of course that carried over to her relationship with God as her father and so on and so forth. But anyway, uh, there didn't seem to be much we could do about any of it. So we trusted God as we went through everything that he brought to mind that needed to be dealt with while she was with us. So she was gone now. And uh, several weeks later, may have even been a few months, but anyway, it wasn't years. Uh, we got a letter from her, email probably. I think we had email in those days. Yeah, we must have had emails. But anyway, maybe not. But anyway, she kind of contacted us and told us this story. She said, I really did not feel anything towards my father. I didn't feel anything when I went through PR. But last week, I happened to be in the area where he was. And when he walked into the room, all of this emotion just flooded me to the point that I had to leave. So I left and I went out um, someplace alone anyway. And I was crying out to God what is wrong with me? She said, I have, I have, I have dealt with this. This is finished. And God said to her, and now it's time, now it's time to let go of these emotions that you buried so deep that you weren't even feeling then. She said, so I, one by one, I let loose of these emotions that I could not feel because I had turned them off long ago, but I now not in a place where I can discuss what I did and blah, 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 blah. So I just, God just said to me, you're finished. Now you can let go with these. And she said, I let go of them and I haven't. <laughs> I have not had a backache since. <laughs> wow. I've not had a backache since. And I'm walking upright. And she said, I can relate to my father today because all of that was gone. So that's one way that a person handled it. 
But many times we have to go back and we have to say, okay, back when all of this was happening as a child, you had no other recourse. And the only one you could think of to do to save yourself was one I think God gave you. And that was to put a lid on your emotions, to turn them off. But now you're an adult and you see that that no longer serves you because you have now other options. Yes. So we confess the fact that I turned my emotions off, but now I've come to realize that that was not helpful to me now. So I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to do what I cannot do. And that is to, I give you permission to turn all of my emotions back on, even the ones that hurt. Yeah. And God did. And, and I think some psychologists would call that integration. But I think we Christians call that sanctification, becoming whole, becoming getting heart, soul, mind, and strength on the same page, not on different pages. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I've, I've seen both of those cases, Connie, that you just described, where the emotions came later. Uh, I actually had one person that the emotions never really came, but they said, I, my whole life has changed. Yes. <laughs> so I don't, that was another. Um, so there yeah. you do. But I, I'm always after. perplexed by, should we deal with it first or do, should we deal with it later? I think that's, uh, I guess that's a God-directed thing, isn't it? I remember dealing with yeah. a woman, um, uh, long story, we've used her illustration many times, but in working through uh, all of this um, uh, sexual stuff, and absolutely not show one ounce of anything, just blank. So at one point, I stopped her. Um, Richard and I found that when it come to any kind of confrontation, <laughs> even in dealing with uh, the military or with government officials or things, he just pushes me out there. Because, you know, a woman isn't a threat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> only because they don't know you, Connie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if they do the, if they I do have the several, gray beret, several, if they do the gray beret they wouldn't, she, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> the illustrations, you know, I have, I have several of those. But anyway, back to this one. Um, so I'm the one that stopped her and I asked her this question, is any of this meaning anything to you? Or are we just simply wasting town time and mouthing words? Uh, what is going on? Is anything going on? Oh, she said, oh, my heart is just so full of joy. And he's giving me this picture. And the picture is if I'm this beautiful blimp, <laughs> balloon, and yeah. I have all these ties that are trying to pull me down. Mm -hmm. And every time, Richard, every time you witness the, the, the breaking of one of these bonds, 
It's as if that rope is broken. Mm -hmm. And when we were, when I'm done, there's only going to be one rope holding me down, and that's my husband. Mm. <laughs> but to look at her, you know, what's going on here? It doesn't look <laughs> as if anything's going on. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Or what one I, one I've said is, how come I'm the only one angry here? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Well, yeah. And, and we know that sometimes when we, when we say something like, oh, that's not, not that that was terrible, but it, cause it was, but, I I know remember saying once in Mongolia to somebody I guess it was oh I'm so sorry I know your heavenly father didn't want that to happen to you but I also know that he has a way through it yeah and mm -hmm. and to acknowledge the pain to acknowledge yes. yep. mm -hmm. you know and to say and to acknowledge that he's got a solution so let's go Let's go find it. Let's let's work together to find it. In uh, another situation in China, this the same safe helper said, I don't want all this. I don't want to be like Paul. Okay, she did a session and this woman came and she just poured out her emotion for three hours. And um, so this the safe helper came to me to talk about this and but at the end of the session she told this woman next time bring your mind also okay okay now the source of this is in chinese traditional medicine there's this concept that pouring out all your emotion will heal you so that's what she was doing mm -hmm. she was following this you know belief and um but anyway the the safe helper felt defiled by a believer pouring out their emotion and refusing to pray to their heavenly father. And so we had to do, that was the word she used. I just feel defiled by, spiritually defiled by what she did. And mm -hmm. uh, she wanted to quit being a safe helper and et cetera. And so she went before God and accused and forgave this woman for uh, just pouring all that out without uh trusting god to deal with it see mm -hmm. like in the psalms with david there's this turning point david pours his heart out but then it turns oh, right well this this woman just refused to turn and so there was an example where the emotions were actually in the way of the healing because um she refused to be to let god comfort her i guess is one way to say it um, proof, proof, te proof text that we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit while we're doing sessions. Oh, absolutely. Because, yes. yeah. because we're, we're going to have these, you know, we're going to come with our kind of routine, our way of thinking. And, and if we're not, if we're not partnering with God, like we say yeah. we are, then, then we might be missing some of the clues that we get. Yeah, this, this safe helper was listening to God and multiple times tried to steer this woman to pray. 
And she refused every time. I had to do it this lie from the traditional Chinese medicine that prevented that from happening, I think. Um, but I agree with you totally, Ted, is uh, we have to include God in these sessions and we'll face things we don't know what to do. And that's when we should pray. For sure, that's the time to pray. Um, yeah. I mean, I, that's one of those things that, you know, as I've watched you teach or, or something, Mike, I... Um, in front of people here and there, I just kind of go, okay, he's pausing. Is he confused? Is he is he lost or something? And yep, then yep. I come to realize that sometimes <laughs> you might. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know you well enough, but other times, other times, I think the reality is that you're praying. And, uh, you know, as I've asked you, talked with you afterward, you know, you're just, you're just, you know, okay, God, no, you know, it's not that I'm flummoxed, but is, do I understand the question right? Do I, what are they really asking? What are they really stating? And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, that's one thing I picked up from you that I think um, jives with my way of, of listening to people and asking questions to try and get clarity of, well, what do you mean? You know, uh, what, do you mean this or do you mean that or something mm. else? Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks. That's you a great compliment that I, that I, that I do that. That's one of my goals. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do. Yeah. You do. And that is the key. That is the key. Even when we are not, even when we are not consciously praying and asking and trusting and all this kind of stuff, we have to have that attitude in our heart as we go into the session. Yes. And that's why some things we actually don't even know why we started down that track or why we said that. Yeah. Uh, a, a good illustration here is... Um, lady we worked with up there in Minnesota uh, many years ago now. Uh, a, a team had been working with her and uh, they just couldn't get the, the female member of the team uh, said, I can't, I can't work with her anymore. She mm -hmm. just not get, I, we're not getting I'm not getting, and I just can't. So they asked me to have a session. So this was one of those times where we had observers, They uh, where we had observers, yeah. and we were just doing this one issue. Okay, so this person, this hurting one, as we began to discuss the issue, began to wail and cry and pour out all this emotion. And it just seemed right to let it go for a little bit. So mm -hmm. I did. And I happened to be on this one alone. Richard was some, some doing something, probably doing a session with somebody else somewhere else. But there came a point where I said to her, all right, you can stop that now. 
You've done enough of it. So I want you to stop and I want you to get up off the floor and sit in the chair. I said, now, we've had all this crying and all this weeping and wailing and it was an awful thing, yes. But now, are you ready to deal with this or do you want to just continue down this other path? We're here to help you, but crying and weeping and wailing and being hysterical is not helping you. That's all part of the problem. We're here to find a solution. Now, do you want to go that way? Or do you want to keep on doing what you're doing? All right. Connie, there's a, there's a need to be compassionate, though, towards those emotional outbursts. I oh, mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's some there's some value in getting that out, but there's also the value that you speak of of pressing for the a solution. Yes. And I I I think mm -hmm. that um, I think I had all of those at least until to this day, this woman now calls me mom. <laughs> All right, mom. Uh, but this is what I'm saying. Uh, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I think I'd already asked that to begin with. And when we had done this for what I was feeling was an appropriate amount of time, mm -hmm. yeah. it's yeah. time to put a stop to it. And I had to be authoritative in that. Yep. I was so not loving, but I was mm -hmm. I was authoritative. It's kind of like a Robert's Rules moment where you call for the question. That's it. <laughs> and it worked because yeah. And I'm just hearing for the first time today why that took place. Again and again and again. This was not the first time. This was one of the reasons that this other safe helper couldn't work in with her anymore. Mm. And it was because she was Chinese. And in the background was this whole idea that if I weep and wail enough, it will all turn out okay. Right. Uh, yep. yeah. I right. didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. So there are yeah. many ways of handling many things, and that's why we have to walk in with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So so Ted, your your point is really uh good also is that uh you know they have to know we have a heart for them, that we have compassion for them. And so um uh, I mean one okay one woman that i worked with my colleague and i um she said i love mike okay well that sent off all sorts of alarms and whistles with the person she told that to and so she said well why she said well he cried with me yeah yeah okay, now she's not talking about a romantic love um, but she is talking about is that that was the first time the first time any man actually in her life had cried with her and it touched her heart and she felt compassion, but we didn't, we didn't stop there. That's the whole thing is that, uh, just, and, and you know that already, I know 
also Ted that um, right that yeah it just comes to a point where okay that's that's done now we we move on to the next piece but um no but it but, but it proves that the that the entrance to healing can be through emotion it can be through the mind it can be through the spirit it can be through the body i mean we've talked about all of those today yeah yeah it's true yeah well the healing involves all those things yeah, but your your point is you could enter through any one of those yeah 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 yep. all right are we the the only two remaining no, uh, Jessica. I have a okay. question. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, Jessica. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. It's it's on this topic that we're talking about. So, um, my father was murdered when I was eleven, and mm. it, it was very traumatic. But uh, I suppressed my emotions, so I didn't cry at the viewing, um, or in front of anybody. I did. I, I do remember crying a little bit when I was by myself, but mm -hmm. um, uh, when we did the PR session on my father um, and I started talking about him, I started feeling sad, but I didn't, I didn't cry. So for the whole time, I didn't cry for all these years. I'm already 40 years old. And um I told, I had told Carmen that I felt like crying. Um, she said, well, you can cry if you need to, but I didn't. Um, so, but now, um, when I think about him or he comes up, um, mm -hmm. I feel like crying a lot. So I'm wondering what, what should I do, um, in this case? Cause we really didn't address the, the me suppressing my emotions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could, um, one, you could go back to Carmen and, and talk, work with her and, and, uh, and deal with it. Uh, if the fact that you feel like crying now means you should do something, I think, is that um, rather than continuing to feel like crying, you should cry. There you go. Carmen can help you <laughs> do that maybe, or maybe you can do that on your own. I don't know if you either one, I guess, but the key is to cry. I think I have, I have a little bit on my own, not uh -huh. in front of people. Uh -huh. So I don't I know suppose. if that's the key because that's the main, that was, I think that was the reason why I suppressed um, my feelings because I didn't want to cry in front of people. So maybe that could be another thing too. All right. So, you get with Carmen and you deal with what it, what needs to be dealt with. The uh, reason okay. I'm speaking up is I've got to get, go off again for a bit. Okay. Uh, is to get with Carmen, deal with the fact that you were afraid to deal, uh, to cry in front of people. And so you suppressed it. But now, you know, I'm not afraid anymore. I want to cry. Yeah. I feel like crying. God help me to cry every tear I need to cry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Every tear I need yep. to shed. Yep. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Bless Good. me my tears. Yeah. 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 Your your tears are precious to God. Oh yeah. Yeah. He gave you those emotions. Mm -hmm. And uh 
I'm sure he wants to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And and patience. You know, some things. Uh, some splinters are right on the surface, and some of them go really deep and need a little more work. Yeah. And so trust the process. I I had a few things like that, Jessica, that I had dealt, quote, dealt with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but some, actually years later, for some unknown reason, it just came to my mind that I was over overrun with the emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had said I was sad before, but I had never cried until years later hmm. don't yeah. cry in front of people you got me thinking about that one now i wonder if that was a value in my family so anyway good say so guys can we 